0: This is Raphael, and you're listening to The Diary of an Innovator, a show that allows you to hear the intimate and vulnerable, never-told stories of entrepreneurs and business professionals and their journey to bringing their vision to life. Some will be five-figure earners. Some will be six-figure earners. Some might even be eight-figure earners. But what they all have in common is they decided to go for it. Each story will inspire you, encourage you, empower you, and even educate you so that you can do the same. But always remember, the first step is write the vision and make it plain. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in to Diary of an Innovator. This series is something special to me because this is the launch. We're talking about how businesses can successfully launch. And we have a special guest in the building, my mentor, my friend, Frank C. Oliver, owner of Mayweather Boxing Fitness Gym and Rancho Cucamonga, this is the man with the plan, the man who can give strategies, the man who teaches and lets people know not only how to run a successful business, how to not only bring your vision to life, but how to do it strategically, how to do it within the will and the alignment of God, but without losing business mindset in that business placement. So Frank Oliver, you are in the building. I introduced you, but I always feel like it's good for the audience to hear from what my mom like to say, the horse's mouth, to hear from the actual person. So can you let the audience know who you are, what you do and how you arrived at being an owner, a franchisee that's about to take over the fitness industry?
1: Yeah, what's going on? First of all, excited about you and this show and all that you're about to do and how you're about to revolutionize podcasting. I think that's well and all. Uh, For me, um, I consider myself living like social entrepreneurship, how we merge social impact with entrepreneurship. I think there's a new brand that's coming out talking about how you can be social, they call it intra-believer. And so it's merging, merging your Christian faith and your faith community with entrepreneurship and intersecting that with social impact. And so that's kind of the realm I'm into. How do we merge those, the trinity of those things: faith, entrepreneurship, and social impact? The journey, I think, my journey starts off beyond. I mean, I always try to say starts off before me. My family, I come through a a legacy and a lineage of those who were entrepreneur i can go back to my family who's had multiple businesses kind of my journey i've always been having that inside me and kind of within education and ministry and trying to find out how do i shift and trying to uh expand and what i wanted to build was an empire and build legacy and finding out what the school and trying to find out went through a bunch of majors that's how I knew to go through a bunch of majors and you what facts really because I couldn't really find exactly what I wanted because I had so much in me. And I'm trying to fulfill it through school and I just realized that wasn't the means. And uh, finally just stepped out on faith and took the, the faith, that faith step to really just create what I could not see. I wanted to create something that I could not see. I wanted to stop complaining about what, um, certain industries wasn't bringing to the table and I wanted to step out and create and solve the problem. So that's how my journey began.
0: And that's where you are now. So I like to hear that. And I think one of the things that you pointed out is that you said that you started in like so many different industries and like different sectors, and even started in education and then shifting to where you are now in fitness and gym and We, on my show, I've interviewed so many people who are more inside the service industry and it's, the service industry is very different than having a brick and mortar business, right? So what the requirements are and how you create that business and how you build that business and how you make make it successful is very different than what somebody who actually has a brick and mortar would do because it requires more. And then you add the franchise element on top of it, the standard is completely different. So if you can talk about that, because I know you mentioned that you were in education and you actually ran a school, but how is it different having a brick and mortar and being attached to a franchise?
1: You know, for me, I don't know if it's different. I, I I challenge people. I think I was listening to a guy yesterday. I thought I was wrong. He's a little more wrong than I am. Kind of don't want to quote because I didn't really get his name. Because I'm really looking at him. Somebody was showing me off a of TikTok, and he said, "There's a difference between entrepreneurship and self-employment." And I think that whether you're in brick and mortar, whether you're in the brick and mortar service industry, whatever you are, the question is: is Are you just self? employed or are you an entrepreneur? And his notion was entrepreneur is you should be able to walk away for 90 days and still operate. And I think what is the basis of it is, is whether it's brick and mortar or whether it's just a service base, do you have system? Are systems in play? Systems, if you're self-employed, you don't really need a system. It's all about you. If you are building anything beyond you, and if you're building true business, business, business is based on systems. And so if you're building a business that is outside of you as an entity, then you've got to be able to understand the system. Now, system brick and mortar are systems with brick and mortar, as is maybe they may alter that the systems that you had, if we talk about the restaurant industry, there's a brick and mortar building. So you have to understand those systems that come along with the brick and mortar. You have to understand your rent, how you have to have your insurance, all of the ways that you're going to market towards the brick and mortar. But there's a difference if you have like, let's say a mobile cart or if you have a a kitchen on wheels, any way you want to call it. I just don't want to call it food trucks because I think it's like disrespectful. Like if he was calling somebody a dump trash collector, and sanitation worker. So you have a mobile restaurant or a mobile restaurant or food, you know, a mobile trailer or however you have those things. Well, the the systems alter, but they're still systems. And I think that we have to make those distinguishments. Are you self-employed or are you truly an entrepreneur building a business entity? I remember uh, a while ago, Mitt Romney got in trouble and uh, messed up his presidency and he said businesses are people too. And then everybody was like, something's wrong with them. But in the business world a business is an entity. It has a persona. It has a personality. It has its own way of living and and into business people. It is its own person. And so the question is, is, are you building you? Are you building the business? And it has to do with systems.
0: So let's talk about systems. So okay. what is the difference between what is a system and how would someone be able to implement that so that their business is like truly successful?
1: So I, I think you got to have to ask yourself. So I spend time right now as I am. So most people go into franchising because they believe the systems are already set. Right. And so there are systems that's already set. in like the franchise, I have a franchise manual, I have a franchise book, the systems are have set, how the program, how... Floyd Mayweather's program is going to run, how those things are going to happen. That system is set, but every franchise in every city is different. And so in the city in which I'm in, in the suburbs, it's going to be very different than what I have somewhere else. And now I have to build, how do I build systems around for my employees that they understand my standard of what I'm going to have at the gym, what I hold for, what makes this gym uniquely in a part of this community. For if I'm, we're in California, if I was in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is very trendy. So it's about being trans, setting the trends. It's about getting celebrities, influencers. It's a very different world of doing business than if I was doing it in the city. Whereas I'm in the suburbs. The suburbs, when you come to do business out there, they want you to be embedded and they want you to weave in with that community. So being in there, they don't care about your celebrities, all your trans. They want to know how are you into the community and I have to now build systems that are coincide with my franchise has, but I have to build these systems that show that we are a part of the community we're engaging the community and we're not out here trying to change Rancho, but that we are a part of the rancho culture and so now i and so once you start, you have to kind of figure out what is the important place to start. For us, uh, for me, you what are your systems in marketing? How do you market? And not and how do I engage? So I walk through, I don't like to micromanage, but I also like to trust and verify. I need to journal and make a system of for every aspect of, of my business. And so if I'm right now, right now what's big for me is marketing, right? And the marketing and How do we operate on social platforms? What are we giving out? Well, now I have to sit around. I have to sit with that marketing agency and that marketing and my marketing manager and my social media person on my, I don't know social media that well, but I know what look I want to look and I know what has to represent and I know what looks good and what doesn't. And so my social media manager is there to talk the technical stuff I can. I just sit there and tell the social media guy that's cheesy, that sucks. That's not what represents me. I have to tell him that what you got away with with another franchisee, I'm bougie. And so you have to give me what needs to be at my level that I can suggest. You, if I'm paying you, you can't just do stock stuff. We have to come up with a plan that really gives the personality of my gym and not stock stuff, but otherwise whoever gave you the stock photos you paid. It is that engagement that I got to have, and it is that me, and then I need that my social manager kind of write down, okay, what systems not we build? What How do they interpret what I just said, right? We need a certain look. We need a certain style. This is going to be the system of what we do know and what we don't know. So I, as owner-operator, I spend a lot of time kind of talking, and I have to hire people around me who interpret what I'm saying in the field in which they're working at. So I always look to pick people who are good. I'm never intimidated by and kicking people who are good at what they do and who can interpret what I'm saying to fit the language of whatever technical stuff, social media, digital platforms need to have so we can build that system.
0: No, I think that's good because uh, Sarah said the same exact thing. And she's the owner of Fat Merchant. She said that when she was growing her business to it being like a billion dollar business now, that she wasn't hiring to put people in positions, but she was hiring people who could ultimately do the job, but grow that department, grow that sector and be able to take in the vision that she had for that department and be able to work in that system. So as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you're not hiring for somebody to do the job. You're hiring for somebody to expound upon what you've given them. Right, and you gotta
1: know your calling, right? What you're expecting calling. Now with me, I usually hire people who are like people say hire the best. Well, I usually tend to hire people who are unknown. They're good, but you never heard of them. Or are you good, but they haven't given an opportunity. All my life I've been always giving people opportunities that never got opportunities, putting people on. Now, that's not everybody's calling, but that is my calling because I am by tr- by by nature, I'm I'm a trainer. I spend a lot of time talking and engaging my staff. That's very important to me. So I give people opportunities who probably never had them. Now that means they may be a little rough around the edges. The question is, Is we can work through all of that, I just need to know that you can perform and you can interpret what I'm saying and know your field. The second part about that is Is also, there are some people who can't work with me, right? There's some people who I can't put on because I'm also looking at how am I helping you with your purpose? So my thing is dual. Not only do I need you to build the department, but I need you to realize that I don't need you to stay here. I need you to like kind of majority of 80% of my staff needs to move on to something great because if you just work here and you never grow, I don't like people who don't grow around me because it doesn't help me to be able to grow and be better. If you got a lot of dead stuff around you, then you're going to eventually find yourself dead. And since I spend a lot of time working with my staff and not just talking and moving on to someone else, I need people who can grow around me. So you have to know your personality type. You got to know exactly who you call to, and, and you are hiring, putting people in that work and mesh with you. Because everybody who's good don't mesh with you, mm-hmm. and everybody good doesn't go where you need them to go. So I think you, she's right. It's important. You got she has to. She's hiring people and wanting them to grow her department and to grow and to go somewhere better. Um, to make sure that this thing is built. And I have to. In hiring somebody there and to the apartment, I have to trust that what I'm entrusting in you, you can do. So trust is a big part. Your character is a big part. And when I say you don't have great character, then we have to release you into your destiny.
0: releasing it to your destiny. So I like the whole discussion around building teams because teams is a part of systems, right? Like Mm -hmm. in order for you to be able to create and operate a functioning system, you have to make sure that you have the right people in place to do that. So how do you go about finding that team member? How do you go about finding that person who's going to fit within the system that you created? outside of the purpose, outside of the purpose person and you building and you trying to train? Like, how do you pick that person?
1: So so let me back up a little bit here and say this. the people that I hate are people who tell me they're entrepreneurs and they don't live this 24-7. 24-7, I'm recruiting. 24-7, I'm thinking about this thing to the point, the things that I do, that's all I talk about. And I probably get on people's nerves because I'm really not talking about stuff that have nothing to do with my purpose right? And what I'm doing, whether I'm talking about church or whether I'm talking about the gym or I'm talking about some business stuff, I'm always talking about that, which I am because I have now been married to this idea. And I say that to say, because whoever is the lead, if they're not there, then they're never, I'm always recruiting. I'm always looking, but I'm going and I go to, if I'm at Costco, I'm looking at the person at Costco. I want to know how much Costco people make. And I'm looking at people who are good because at the end of the day, if I can meet their, how much you make at Costco, and I see that you're good at what you do at Costco, I'm recruiting. I have a card to say, hey, if you would like to, and I give them my card and say, if you're looking for some work. I'm, I was at um, juice it Up the other day. I saw this person. They were good. I'm adding a, I'm doing a new business with a juice bar and supplements, and I'm opening up this whole other industry to complement my gym and I'm looking at the people I'm looking at one girl and I'm like, she fits my diversity piece, but she looks like she hates this job. And so she's cute. So she fits the look, but then the fitness industry you gotta be some type of eye candy. Right. But then she looks miserable. So I don't want her at the job looking miserable cause I feel down my, and my um, smoothie didn't come out the same. So, you know, I don't want her, but there was another girl who was with her. She was just happy. She was go lucky. She was cool. And she looked like she just got hired. And it looked like she was just kind of, and I was just like, she's gonna be one. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna keep watching her. So I'm, I'm now, now what is happening is I'm about to help juice it up, bro. So I went from being a customer maybe once every two weeks to now I may come in about three times a week. Why? Because now I want to see this person. I want to see if they're consistent. I am going to buy their buy from them, on my knowing. I'm trying to recruit that person. They just put on. She's the lowest person that could told them she looks like that she has the best personality. I'm gonna see if she's consistent that way. I'm sure that she's making the less money and I'm a snatcher. I'm so you're always, I'm always at the top of proof.
0: So if I heard this correctly, I just wanna make sure I got this right. So you're saying as an entrepreneur, You're not relying on the human resources department. You're not relying on Indy. You're not relying on LinkedIn, but you're actually out meeting people and that's how you do your hiring process. I I still use Indy. I still use those
1: people. I still use LinkedIn. I still send people through those mechanisms too. I still have a human resource that I sit down and you gotta go through my staff. But at the end of the day, I'm going to find people who I know that are going to fit. Listen. I've, I've wrote enough people's resumes. I've embellished enough that I know people lie on their resumes. I know that. I'm in California. Let's talk about California. If I'm in California, one of the biggest things that you got to know, most people, this is why I say I got a human resource person I consult. You can't, in California, you can't ask a person in an interview what was their last money that they made, what was their last salary. That's against the law in California. You right. can't ask them. And so there are some things that I know that I will go on and ask and do that I need my, I need the person with my human resource, hold up, clear it up so I don't get sued. Yeah, we're going to go through that process. But At the end of the day, I don't need you to waste my time. I don't think about an entrepreneur. You're just a startup business. You're starting up. Once you bring somebody on, you got to ask yourself, come on to my gym and to do all the training that I do to get you all over. I at least is going to spend $5,000 every person I bring on. I don't see how anybody else goes. You look at onboarding, training, the development piece, the time you're going to put into that person, the energy that you're going to put into that, you're going to at least spend about $5,000 trying to train somebody, onboard them, get them in your system, get them a part of your stuff. So if I spend $5,000 to put somebody on and to get there, and then only find out two months later, I'm going to have to fire you, now I got to spend time on figuring out documentation, knowing how to get rid of you, making sure I get rid of you. And then the majority of people they get rid of, then they want to kind of get you written up. You know, they want to now try to sue you. I don't want to go through all of that. I need to see, can you fit my system first? That's one thing about being incompetent, right? Not being able to do it. The other thing is about, are you a good fit? And so I recruit. I I go look at people and I look and see, do they have what I want and I've developed and I can utilize. So I think that you should be recruiting. I think that relationships matter. You need to be connected to other people who who can reference and tell you that person might be a good person or that works. So yeah, I don't necessarily, this hands off not really knowing who you're getting trusting in being and LinkedIn based on algorithms and keywords. And even if you do um, like LinkedIn, you go really, you should search the person, you should search their resume. You should search, search their social media. I'm, I'm in the fitness industry. I want to know what your social media looks like. I want to know what your author world is and what do you got on? So I want to know, I want to see. There are questions I can't ask. I can't ask about baby mama drama. The last thing I need you to do is your baby mama to come up and throw bricks through my window or something, right? So I'm looking through your posts. I want to know who like you, who don't. I mean, I think you got to do some major look. And that's why I say it spends money. It spends a lot of time looking who that person is, doing your own background, doing a sufficient background check, getting the person onboarding, getting the person the training that they need. Making sure that person has developing the system that person is going to need, building up the benchmarks to make sure that you measure what they have. Costs to get a person on. Talk about costs, not just money costs, but your time. I'm also putting, I'm also knowing how to evaluate about a monetary sum of my time, right? How much time did I put in? I know how to now put that as an equation monetarily. Say at the end of the day, when you look at all of that, it could cost $5,000 to put a person on only to find out that that person was a
0: liar when you put them on. And so that's why you have your different recruiting practices, right? <laughs> you said that I got I to gotta take a different approach. <laughs> and, and, if you, as, and
1: if you believe in team, I believe in team leadership, right? I believe that the leadership is based on my personality. I don't believe the leadership is based on a person. I believe in team leadership, which is a lot different. I've been doing team leadership before it's been popular, when people, it wasn't big to people, when they wasn't talking about to them. So also what I have to make sure is, is the person I'm bringing on does not change the culture of the team. i got to make sure that that person not only meshes with my vision but meshes with the organizational culture of the team, that they are a person who likes to acculturate to the organization and not trying to come in, serve already what is going on with the team. I'm real big about energy. I tell people all the time, I'll, yeah, you'll get fired with that uh, in our, in the business we are in, in the business of the fitness industry, I'm also in the business of we transforming the, the person's spirit and soul. I don't know when people come to my gym what they're going through, but I really believe that the gym is a place of healing. And so as I'm looking at that, you got to be on. The last thing you can do, energy's never lost, it's transferred. And the last thing I need you to do is transfer evil in energy. Now you may have a bad day, you may have a stress day. I can deal with stressful energy. I can deal with a bad day energy. I can deal with trust energy. I don't deal with evil energy. And when you have evil energy, then you have to go find an evil place to be. That's not where um, the environment that's conducive to us. And so that is very important that people understand. Because again, watch what I said. I merge principles of my faith. I merge social impact and I merge entrepreneurship. I merge all of those things together. So the environment the climate, of uh, the atmosphere matters in order to do what I do.
0: And that is a part of like a system or something that you created and formulated to help you breed your success or no? Or do you think yeah, it's that
1: a <laughs> it's a system not just to bring my success, but it's a system that puts my staff, my unique staff. So as a franchise, when you go to a franchise, majority of them won't look alike, majority of them won't have the same system. What with- how we do how we do our circuit in Rancho doesn't change. It's the same way they do it in Torrance, the same way they do it in Palo Alto, the same way they do it in Brentwood, Tennessee, the same way they do it now in Russia. It's going to be the same circuit. The feeling, the atmosphere, the type of coaches that operate at Rancho, the type of energy you get, the type of environment it is, the things that make people stay. So what gets people through the door is Floyd Mayweather and his circuit. What gets people through the door is the system of understanding Floyd. What keeps people there is the atmosphere of that place. No one's gonna beat us in that sense. That is uniquely my imprint that this place must always feel like killing. Because I come from a church environment and I understand that the church uh, should be the designated place of the presence of God. I then interpret my gym should be the designated place of healing, and to feel that energy of that atmosphere to be a certain place. Now, everybody doesn't have that standard, so no. you, theirs might be a very different place. Mine is to be a place where if you ain't did nothing, just sitting in the place, you ought to lose weight and feel good, because you're just in a place that you feel that type of energy of what we call in church, you feel the presence of the Lord.
0: So I definitely like that because it touches on how you're able to merge all of your personal personas, all the things that you care about, all of your principles, what you've learned, what you've grown up with, what you've adapted to and you've merged that into a business that has its own brand, that has its own reputation. Do you how would somebody who may not be faith based, or somebody who may not have known or understood how to incorporate all those things into their business? How are they able to do that? Because you first said service based and brick and mortar. As long as it's an entrepreneurship, as long as you're trying to build business, it can be the same thing. So how can people merge? How can they merge all of that to create an environment that works for them? How do you find so that? What
1: I was told, hopefully I, I want to just clarify. What I was saying is is that if you're service-based or if you're brick and mortar, you're operating by system. Mm -hmm. If you're not operating by system and it's just about you and your vision, that's employment That's very different than what we call entrepreneurship, building a business based on system. And I think that's where I want to make a distinguishment is there are a lot of people who are self-employed and they so happen got enough room that they can employ other people. That does not necessarily mean it's a business because once you take them out of the equation, nothing runs. And so that's based on them. Entrepreneurship in building a successful business is built on systems that is not built on them, right? I want to say that, because especially in our community, and, and this is what we got to break in the myth of the black community, I think, is number one, you got to stop thinking that businesses make us more important than us so people build businesses on them. Like, oh, it's like an idol. Like, you know, it's they name them. You got to see them. It got to be their face. It's really like, it's spooky to me. Right. As well as majority of successful businesses. You don't know. I mean, name some of the top five, you know, Elon Musk because of Tesla, because we hear Elon Musk is a weird, like you weird and stuff in has sense. Elon Musk because of that, or, you know, Elon Musk because of, And then you know SpaceX if you're in the business, but most people walking down the street don't know that's Elon Musk.
0: No, you wouldn't be able to recognize him walking down the street. You probably to recognize a lot of these.
1: But we want to be submerged celebrity. We like our business world is off hip hop or something, right? So we want we want to do business like we Kobe, right? That's Kobe. All I got. We want people to look at us and shine and kind of and, and kind of have. This viewpoint built on us and look what we built and look who we are. And part of that is, is because we're in a racist society. A lot of it is, is because we have, we don't get to see a lot of people come through as many people, entrepreneurs come through our communities. It could be a lot of different ways, but that is self-employment and glorified. I mean, that's a different thing than when we talk about business. I want to know that you can build a business, and if we never know your name, we never know your system, and who you are, and your vision has been written in a plan that it can transcend. Whether it's brick and mortar, whether it's service, it just transcends and it lives on its own. It's a living, moving. That business is an entity. How do people do now? You, in, how do you infuse your vision? I had a vision what does it look like? I own a gym. What does that look like? What do I want that gym to convey? I took my vision and now I've infused my vision into the system because every system has to have a personality too. Every system, a system is just not a bunch of data. It has to have some type of culture. There's some type of culture going in that organization. So I make sure that the standards I make sure that what I'm asking of my employees and requesting of my employees are those principles. So when you come to my gym, you may not be faith-based, but guess what you're going to say? The energy's great. Now, you know, now I got people at my gym faith-based. They say, oh, the Holy Ghost is here. Oh, the oil. Y'all got the oil. oil. You know what I mean? The oil. Woo! Other people are like, man, the energy in this room is awful, right? No matter what word you use, I know what you're talking about. That I infused in here component that has to be, that you have to be spiritually in touch, right? And I'm not just saying that you have to be a Christian. You have to be in touch with your spirit. You have to have, you have to go deeper than surface and be in touch with the creator, that you're gonna have to understand that what you're doing is life transformative that when you're telling people to punch that bag, they're learning how to break their problems, they're learning how to break through barriers, they're learning how to break breakthroughs, they're getting breakthroughs, they're tearing down strongholds. You have to understand that con- That type of, that's what we're asking. So when I tell my staff, if you leave here and you don't leave here empty and tired, you fail. <laughs> and if I see you do that enough, you're gonna find yourself at another jail. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta in, you gotta infuse that vision, that standard into the people and what you're working at. You put the vision, you set the standard, you set the bar. I was a fraternity guy, so I grew up fraternal world, and I adopted something that I believe in. Excuses of tools of the incompetent that build monuments and nothingness, make bridges to nowhere, and usually amount to nothing. Vision. Excuses of to incompetent that build monuments of nothingness, make bridges to nowhere. And those that use them usually amount to nothing. Therefore, there are no excuses. That is my mantra. That is it. that's the gonna be in the gym. After we get after we get done doing all our aesthetics, it's gonna be there. When you walk in my office, you're gonna see that on the wall. That's what it is. Don't come in here with an excuse. There's no excuses that I believe that we have because of where we are, you should be able to be solution oriented. So all of those things are something that you have to you have to embody it. You have to then infuse it into the system and you have to make sure that you have standards and that you are, you're measuring that the people around you are keeping active to the vision.
0: Man, I love it. <laughs> I love it. We took something that was supposed to take 30-minute conversation and you dropped so many gems and so many tools and you were able to help enlighten us and educate us on not just on not just having a business, but like how to build it and how to make it successful. So I appreciate you.
1: gonna <laughs> talk about strategy. So you, that's kind of, uh, I had my mind. So I thought we were going to really talk about strategy. And what I, I mean, again, like I just want people to know is you got to live this thing 24, four seven. like you, and I put it this way. One of my close sorority sisters, one close friend, she's in the same business I am. She, um, but she made a lot of more money. She was working at another gym and then she's doing, start uh, building her own gym with this our same franchise. And she was making about $180,000 of the gym. And I asked her, well, what do you think you're worth? And she said, I'm, I'm at least worth a quarter of a million. So I said, so you have decided to stay at this place, bring down your worth. Now, most people would say, man, $180,000 a year, hey." But she said she's worth $250,000. So now she's brought herself down $70,000 worth of work. She's compromised. And I said, you compromise. And I said, that's what the reason why, you, the reason why you don't, you're not fulfilled and you now started your own gym and entrepreneurship is because you know that you're not fulfilled doing what you're doing. See, there's a lot of people right now, they're not fulfilled doing their job, and now they want to be an entrepreneur because they want to say, I'm not getting what I'm, and the people will never see my worth, so I need to create my worth. But I told her, you can't just be between. So she finally let go of her job, and she called me. Scared, because she's in purgatory. Because when you're leaving from working in corporate America to becoming an entrepreneur, that is the scariest transition you will ever have in your life. It's a different bargain. When she called me, she said, I don't have nobody else to call. She said, when she called me, I said, now I know. I said, before, I didn't think your business was going to make it. I didn't know if it would. And to me, it was like, maybe you may make it, you may not. But now, I know without a doubt, your gym is going to survive. Because you have no, you have nothing to fall on. You have nothing, you have no safety net. If this doesn't work, you're done. So you're going to make it work. That's number one. You're going to make it work. Number two, all you got now all day to do is strutting job. You're going to sleep. You're going to eat. And this is the place where this almost becomes, this is scary place because a lot of entrepreneurs lose their marriage. They lose their family. They lose a lot in this area. You know why? Because they become intoxicated with the vision that they don't balance anything else in their life. All they talk about, all they do is this vision they dominate. What's good in my life is my wife is as um, a workaholic as I am. So I talk about mine, she talks about hers, and then either fall asleep or love each other. I mean, you got to find people who can understand how you're wired. But a lot of people don't understand why you're wired. They're nine to five people, leave the job at home. Strategy of the entrepreneur, you never leave because this is a baby. This is your vision. It's developing. You don't leave it at home. It's always with you. That's the difference of the wired of the entrepreneur than it is of the person. So entrepreneurs don't think about hours worked. They think about targets met. Mm-hmm. They think about how the vision is unfolding. And they might be, by that time, they're 80 hours that week just in conceptualization. They may have not went to sleep and only had three hours of sleep, just conceptualization, just trying to come up with a concept. I know, the other day, I was thinking about a concept And I'm looking at only like 15 feet by eight feet, trying to make this 15 by eight feet thing work. And I literally, it took me 16 hours to come up to with what does it look like that is going to, everything is going to flow. Now to some people, they like, that's a waste of time. To me, it's not because my aesthetic and everything flowing and everything working, is gonna mean something, right? Um, I got black ceilings, so I have to be careful because I know black ceilings bring a certain type of tone. I know the black ceilings gonna make things look smaller. I know black can bring a certain type of feel. Color and bring a certain type of feel. So how do I bounce the colors off, move that thing out, that when you come in here, you feel like buying, you feel like staying, you feel like, ooh, how do I do that? And that took me some hours to kind of make sure things work. Now I could have hired somebody who understood design and color palette. I couldn't get all of that. But if you're a startup entrepreneur, you try to work your costs. I try to do as much work as I can and what I can't do, then I find the person who can do it. And then that way it made me as an entrepreneur look at colors, do my research, because we got the internet now, right? do my research, know what I'm doing and not just let somebody tell me what I needed, but I can tell them, well, now I know how colors work and what colors fit, what certain mood. So when a person asks me, well, what mood do I want? What do I want people to feel? I can say, this is what I want. This is how I want people to feel. These are the colors that I kind of want to work out. This is what I'm seeing. How do we make those things blend? I sound more educated when I'm coming to a person and the person Who's on the other end promise you they value you better because you're just, you're coming with some type of understanding of what they do. And if they don't value that, then they're probably not good at their job.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like that's something that's a part of strategic planning. And I know we weren't able to really dive deeply into it, but knowing your systems, knowing your culture and your environment and your business, and knowing that, before you start or even while you're in it it's going to require a lot of time it's going to require a lot of planning even from what you just said design like knowing color palettes knowing moods knowing what type of feel and energy you want to be able to give out is a part of developing is a part of developing that system and it's a part of being able to create that strategy so even though we didn't get the good old Frank Oliver special of diving in, I feel like <laughs> you touch bases on it.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be. You got to do. it. I just think every day people have to. Whatever your your podcast is, every day they should learn. When I go, when people ask me, everything is a learning system. Years ago, anybody who know me, I used my getaway was Vegas because Vegas is bigger than I am because I'm loud and I'm bold. I need this, I like places that are louder and bolder than me. So Vegas will be a place. New York will be a place. They're bigger than me. The buildings are bigger than me, so I feel like I get lost in them. One thing I love about Vegas and the casino, no matter how tired you are, I don't see people get tired of <laughs> them. Something, something that really, for a place doesn't have, for a place that doesn't have any windows. No windows. No clocks. And what is in the environment? What are they releasing in the environment? What's the smell? Because, you know, in when you get out of all the smoke, the, the cigarette smoke, what is being released in Vegas that is keeping me, what is touching my nose? What is touching my eyes? What is playing with my senses to make me go take my hard on money and keep on cha-chinging? cha change, right? What am I hearing? What is going on? All of those things. And I'm saying Vegas has learned how to master, guess what? Majority of the, whole, some of the hotels I used to go to, if you go talk about the old hotels, Treasure Island, uh, what was this? They old as hell. They look old. They going. If you talk about it's old as hell, but people still there changing. So that it's not modern, it's out of date, but they still change, to change. Why? Because they help. They touch all of your senses, and all of the senses have synthesized to get you to do one thing: spend money. We sometimes get stuck in. Oh, it gotta look one way. It looked one way, but it don't smell. But got a different smell. It got a different sound. And so now we got people confused. When they go in the place, they confused. I don't want you confused. I want you when you come in the gym. I want you to have the sound. I want you to have the smell. I want you to have everything that makes me say you need to buy that membership pack. <laughs> <And stay good. laughs>
0: And I'm gonna end with this, but I have to point this out because I think that out of all the people I interviewed, I don't think anybody has brought this up. And as an entrepreneur, you're always being inspired by your environment. You're always going into places, asking yourself, how are they successful? How are they winning? What are they doing? And you're asking yourself as a consumer, why am I buying this? Why am I sold into this product? So I can take that system. I can take that strategy, implement it myself.
1: Most effective entrepreneurs are social scientists. That's they what always is. go into business. they look at, they not looking at saying, How did she do it? or sliding nobody. You're not jealous. you just looking and saying, Let me see how they operate, how they work, how they function, what they do. How did they get me to buy this stuff that when I look at the tag, they got from China? <laughs> how in the world did they get me? And, and that's the reality. How did they get me? How did they charge me? How am I paying? Seven, 10, 15 times more for a product. How did they get me in there? How did they do that? What did they do? I mean, what made them get me? I mean, the thing about it is, I thought, I tell people all the other day, I thought Sprint was better than T Mobile. I did. I thought Sprint was better than T Mobile. I stayed with Sprint for a long time, didn't jump from Verizon. I was Sprint loyalist. And then one day I went to one of the T Mobile stores down in Santa Monica and I looked and I said, the problem, the difference between Sprint and T Mobile is T Mobile's forward thinking. Yep. They got LED screens. I'm sitting, I'm thinking like, this is just, I mean, just the T-Mobile. Now, T-Mobile wasn't me. The color to me was like, it's like girly just, it wasn't the T-Mobile. It was like little kid stuff to me. But Sprint wasn't forward thinking. T-Mobile was forward thinking. They're so forward thinking right now that if you look, I think at the last quarter, they're the ones who made money out of all groups. Verizon is known to be a better company have better reception and yet did not make money as T-Mobile did. Why? Because again, I think you have to do some of, you go in and you see they're willing, they have the people's mind. They know how to sell what they need to sell to the people and they know how to get them to make them feel like the buy-in. And so I think you have to be a great social scientist. If you want to be an entrepreneur, especially when you are coming from people of color, because one of the things that most people won't say is this. When you are a person of color, you have to have your product. You have to be twice as good. And I say that to say is because you have to sell something that people don't look at it and say, oh, that's that black girl selling. You have to get it to the place where they say, that's a good product. I have to always overcome the race part in order. So my gym, um, we don't have error to be messing up. We can't have error because then they'd be like, the black gym over there is dirty. <laughs> oh, the black gym is not dirty. That gym is clean. Those people are nice. How do I get over the barriers that people have in society that make them say, uh, I got to get over that barrier. So our gym has to have extra nice people. Our gym has to have certain, we have to have a certain type of standard of professionalism because we have to break over the barriers of racism. I got a lot of women who work with me in upper staff, they gotta break through the barrier of sexism. I got some people who have to break through the barrier of classism, all the isms we have to break through to make sure people understand this is the best product. You have to be a great social scientist.
0: Well, you know what? We're gonna end here and I want you to tell the people where they can reach you, where they can find you because Ladies and gentlemen, I'm letting y'all know this is what he do all day. He has his own podcast. He has his own gym. And he also speaks the gospel. So he's teaching all the time. He's a well-educated, well-astute man. So let everybody know where they can reach you.
1: Well, you can always reach me. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness Gym or Rancho Cucamonga. You can look us up on Instagram. I'm going to tell y'all I'm not that good at Instagram. Handle, so it's Mayweather... Fit Rancho. I think that's the Instagram here. Mayweather Fit Rancho. you look us up on Facebook, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. All you got to do is look for Rancho Cucamonga. We are looking at our grand opening to be in June. So we've been able to survive through the pandemic and all the things that have happened. We have a great outdoor facility that we're doing great things in that city. And so we'll be doing that and many more. We'll be expanding to do many more locations. So we, we're, we're taking over the IE. Um, Also, I I pastor a wonderful church that I still call the church, three different locations, even though we, um, three different locations, I don't know, we're probably 15 locations now since we own virtual, I got people tuning in from everywhere, we're Church of the United States, right, but um, you can catch us at Uplift Church, and um, you can always catch us for um, Uplift Full Gospel Church right now, so you can catch us there. I don't know. Call Raphael; he give you all my handles and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know all that stuff. And, 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 to you, and to tell you, and to tell you, and to tell you, that's probably my thing that I have to work on is how do um, I better promote what is happening in me? Um, with the podcast, we're doing well. Um, I'm gonna start. I'm kind of doing some different things. I kind of want to do some just videos and kind of talk, and then do it all. Um, I'm leaving a podcast to y'all, wonderful people who really care about understanding the podcast world, algorithms, and all of that. Uh, I just want to kind of, I'm going to just throw out information and push it out and kind of do them those videos. I think that's, that's going to be my bane. I'm going to go uh, knock out uh, and rock. So I don't know. I'm still developing that, but majority, uh, mostly. You can catch me right now. My whole thing is right now, the church, pastoring, and this gym. I'm serious about pastoring your health. So Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. If you're going to look for me, come come to the gym. I'm there every day.
0: (laughs) So what I'll do is I'll make sure that I leave the correct handle, (laughs) the correct social media handle. All they have to do is show up. All they got to do is come
1: 8401 Haven Avenue or Reggie. I don't don't. If you hit me on, and and I'm just going to be real. If you hit up my Mayweather, you hit my social media up, I don't run it. I'm not going to get any personal questions or any personal thing you have. I'm not going to, I won't personally come to me and go through people to get to me. But if you want to personally see me <laughs> Monday through Saturday, you can find me 8401 Haven Avenue, Rancho Cucamonga, California, 91730. Don't wear your, because we're in construction right now. Don't wear your good shoes. Put on your tennis shoes that you need to work out in, and you can get a free session of talking to me right then and there. And oh. you end up signing up for the gym. I mean, you can talk to me all day long if you come to the gym. We'll rock and roll. I'll even help you as we're working out. I'll help you with your business. I'll help you with your business plan. I'll give you some mentorship. You probably don't sign up a membership at my gym, but at the end of the day, it'll be the cheapest thing that you can do. Um, <laughs> you can either go and get a mentor for 2500 to or 5000 or you can come get one at this time for like $149 membership a month. I would go for the 149 probably.
0: And you're going to look good in the process. I don't know if y'all heard that, but right now they're doing. They, before the grand opening opens up, you can go in, and work out with these free classes. So I'm going to definitely make sure I put that in the bio section, the address and the phone number so they can reach you at your gym because that's, that's what that, you thank want. Thank you, Gary Vee. Thank you, Gary, the, the girl, Gary V. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so thank you guys again for tuning in. Thank you so much, Frank Oliver. I truly, truly appreciate it. You definitely share your diary and I can't wait to see what everybody takes from this and how you guys catapult, and launch your business. I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to the Diary of an Innovator. Please download, like, subscribe, share, and write a review because your opinion truly matters. Then go to our website and schedule your free coaching call and join our emailing list so we can help you bring your vision to life.